all of my songs are like manifestations of things. Like Still Slumming. Cole hadn't spoken to me yet. We had no conversation about him signing me or anything, but I manifested that. And I look back at some of these songs and I'm like, wow, I remember that space. I remember that headspace I was in. I'm Joni Deutsch, and from WFAE in Charlotte, this is Amplifier, the music podcast where we shine a light on the artist who calls Charlotte home. Because Charlotte is more than just a banking city or a football city. So every other Thursday on this podcast, we're going to explore the people, places, and things that help define the Queen City's crown sound. And today, on our 100th episode, we'll hear from the Grammy Award-nominated, platinum-selling Charlotte artist who embodies the city's past, present, and absolute musical potential. That's coming up on Amplifier. Amplifier. And then the beat will drop. Amplifier. 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 Can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do in Charlotte music? Um, I'm Lou. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm signed to Dreamville, and I'm from Beatty's Ford. And Lou, I can't thank you enough for joining us for this extra special recording. It's extra special for a few reasons. Right. One, we are recording live at Charlotte's Grindhouse Studios, owned by Amplifier podcast alumni Jason Jett. Also special in that this is the 100th episode of the Amplifier podcast, and I can't think of a better artist to be a part of the celebration than nah, you. This is fine. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I'm honored. Well, I'm honored as well, and it, I'm honored because at the end of the day, you really embody the Charlotte music dream. Mm. I mean, you were born and raised in the 704, mm. were recruited by local rap legend J. Cole, signed to his major label, Dreamville Records, have received a Grammy nomination in the process, and, and maybe the most important, is that you've been featured in Madden NFL 21. Yeah, any, no, you know, that was Video crazy. game players out there. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was definitely trippy. <laughs> to like play Madden and then my song you hear yourself. Pops, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And maybe when you're also playing as, you know, the Panthers and it's right. like, whoa, extra Charlotte. Right. It's crazy. But throughout it all, Lute, you've never forgotten your Charlotte roots and you've always found ways to bring up North Carolina through your music. From way back with your 2012 self-released mixtape. Yeah. It goes down in the Cadillac, like a whore in the Cadillac, down the fort where the choppers go, da-da-da-da. Haters hate, but we don't tolerate a lot of that. Mecklenburg County holds guaranteed to holler back. All the way up to your brand new, stellar, full-length studio debut titled Goldmouth. All of your crash is the peak in my garage. My life's a movie, your life is so for some. This type of living for your type is not an option. I paid the cost to be the boss and now I'm flossing, whoa. And whether you're in the studio or on stage, you find a way to shout out Beatty's Ford Road and West Side of Charlotte. And that's why I want to start the interview off with that mm -hmm. for you to just kind of give us a sense of place of where you're from and the first music memories that formed there. Um... I don't even know where to start with that, cause like it's 
the West Side was just so cultured when I was growing up. Like, I'll never forget when Eminem first dropped. Um, that was a whole thing. And when Jay-Z came to the record store, Willie's, when um, they came to Charlotte, uh, Willie's was on Beatty's Ford, and it was like a whole, like, everybody hopping in the car, rushing to Willie's, everybody running to Willie's because, like, you know, Willie's was right down the street. So you was either hopping in the car or you was, you know, hopping on your bike or whatever. But it was just so many, so many times. I remember when Tupac uh, got killed. And one of my neighbors had uh, had a big screen floor model TV. He pushed it to the window, and everybody was standing outside his crib. I, that was like one of my like craziest memories of Tupac. Like one of my most vivid memories of Tupac, because I was a little younger, you know, when uh, when Pac got killed. But I remember that. I remember my neighbor bringing his TV to the window, and everybody's just outside on his porch and standing by his window, looking at like the results of the. Um, the news. I'll never forget that. Well, I, I know that the 90s and, and that decade of, of music, it was a formative period for you as you were becoming an artist in your own right. Uh, mm. it, it was so influential, in fact, that that's really what you named your first mixtape after. It was West 1996 for mm. West Side of Charlotte, 1996. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that period for you as you were becoming an artist. Well, around that time, like I had, I have older brothers, and my older brothers was really putting me on to all types of music. I got one brother where like genres for him aren't a thing. Like he has no barriers. He listened to country music. He listened to everything, and uh, he really showed me um, a lot of different music types. And and my other brother was more so into hip hop, like strongly, and he's the one that like put me on to like Goody Mob, Outkast. Um, you know, Tribe Called Quest, like, I, that was my, you know, that was my, one of my favorite memories, like, around that time, um, and I feel like that played a big, important role in my life, like, music itself played a really big, important role in my life, and I started playing music as well, because my other brother put me on to, like, you know, playing the piano, so music just became a, a big part of my life, and I wanted to learn and know more, so the more music that I heard, the more tapped in I became. And the more I wanted to make my own music, like I started writing rhymes at like 10, you know, they were trash, but I started, it was a start, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a start, but, but yeah, like the nineties and early two thousands played a really big part on me creating music and wanting to create music. Yo, I remember days when they the same for me. Drop that mixtape, that was the first time they noticed me. Mama always told me, be the hope who you supposed to be. And never claim the streets because you would die trying to reach a peak. So I repped that west side, no place that I'd rather be. Tell us more about the creation of that first mixtape of yours, of West 1996, because listening to it now, mm-hmm. you hear what you're sharing with us right now, this podcast interview, that appreciation for vintage flow old school soul uh inspirations that i almost hear the roots de la soul mm-hmm. uh the fugees you know in that mx yeah. and um far side like i love far side but so west 1996 was basically me trying to show the world what living on the west side of charlotte was like and for me the reason why i chose um the rendition of the Nas cover was to show everybody that this is my hood's Illmatic. Like, this is my side of town's Illmatic. And, you know, that's what I was trying to convey. Like, this is this is life on the West Side. And it's fueled by 
96 style music or the era that inspired me, the era that I felt raised me. Music to me and, and writing music, I, I feel like I don't have the most orthodox way of writing because I still write. I know a lot of people freestyle and like to go in the booth and and like, you know, just let it go or whatever. Like I'm I'm not that type. I got to write. You know, I, I can freestyle here, here and there. And I like to do it for Instagram every now and then. I'll do like a little voice memo and I'll freestyle and put it on Instagram. But for me, writing is therapeutic for me. It helps with my anxiety. So for me, writing is kind of like a journal for me. And my verses and my songs are just journals, just me uh, really giving the people or giving myself. Because honestly, sometimes I write songs to go back and listen to to see where I was at that place or in that space. And so, yeah, that's my process. So that mixtape, West 1996, earned the attention of Grammy Award-winning North Carolina rapper J. Cole, who called you the hottest rapper in Charlotte, signed you to his record label, Dreamville Records, and featured your song, Still Slummin', on his 2015 compilation album titled Revenge of the Dreamers 2. Yo, they want me to wild out, instead I style out, like three stacks, stash three stacks, told my girl I'd be right back, who be in that when shit pull up and tits all black. Open doors, rose gold, round his wrist in his neck. Was round his wrist is respect. Homies gripping the tech. Cause when you iced out, you can't talk to strangers. That's probably why he walked with bangers. Cause those who loyal to the game become royal to the game. Don't be surprised. How did J. Cole enter your orbit? How did you enter his? Um Honestly, I I still can't explain it and I still don't know how it happened to this day. I just remember I was working at Walmart. And he contacted a friend of mine's, and my friend ended up contacting me, and I thought my friend was joking because I'm at work, and I almost got fired the day before. So I'm just like, man, you got to stop playing on my phone. J. Cole ain't ain't hit up your phone or hit you up on Twitter. So I ended up following Cole on Twitter, and he followed me right back, told me that they were at the Fillmore uh, for CIAA. He invited us out, and that's how we first linked up. You know, and that that blew my mind at the time. And then, you know, fast forward years later um, with the Revenge of the Dreamers and still slumming, being on the project, I rode around the city like all day listening to still slum. I literally went to Best Buy to get the album. I bought three albums of Revenge of the Dreamers. I bought three of them. Gave one to my mom. I kept one in the plastic for myself and I opened the other one and rode around all day listening to still slumming. Like, I, I went downtown, I'm looking at the skyline, I'm like, man, my song on here, I'm on, a, I'm on a CD. My name is on the back of a CD. It's crazy. I've never seen that in my life. So, yeah, nah, when, I, when, when Still Summon was on Revenge of the Dreamers, that was a turning point for me. I'm still slumming while I'm chasing life, took two steps back just to get right. I'm still slumming while I'm chasing life, two steps back just to get it right. I'm still slumming while I'm chasing what was your your family and your friends what was their response when they saw that you were signed that you got on this major label that you actually had a physical recording they could go to best buy or wherever to get my friends so okay so my friends and my family had two different responses right because i'm not gonna say i lived a double life but certain things i kept away from my mom versus me and my friends so my friends were like super ecstatic and like super happy my mom was super happy too but my mom was like where the hell did this come from like this just came out of nowhere like you talking about you getting signed and 
who is J. Cole? You know, so so for my mom, it just came out of nowhere. It just came left field. Like she knew that I I, I would dab with music, but she didn't know how into it that I was. But my friends, like, we did this all day, every day. So for them, it was like, yo, this is like this is a, a win for us. So for my mom and my family, they like, what? What in the world's going on? But that was I kept it from my mom for so long because I didn't graduate school. I didn't graduate high school. I got kicked out of high school. I ended up dropping out and I um, enrolled into Central Piedmont the Community College. And I ended up dropping out of that too. Um, so for me, I kept the music thing on, on tuck for the simple fact that I didn't want my mom thinking that I was wasting my time. And I didn't want to go back and forth with my mom about my dreams and what she thought that you know was right for me, which I know my mom had good intent and had good intentions and wanted me to, you know, become something of myself, but I knew what I wanted for myself. And I didn't, so I kept it under wraps with my mom because I just didn't want her to, or anybody to like, and I know my mom was, she would have supported me had I told her or had I been more open about it, but I was so strong in my head about my dreams that I didn't want anything to deter me from what I wanted to do with it and how I wanted to do it. So I kind of kept it under wraps. So when when I did get signed, that's why I felt like it just came super left field for everybody in my family because they're like, what? I didn't even know you. Yeah, I didn't tell nobody because I did. I just didn't want nobody to think I was wasting my time. But I knew I could do this. I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, but I knew I could do this. Just got in the habit of switching the flow. Just trying to travel the globe. Tired of being underlooked in this bitch. Tired of hearing I can't wait till you blow. Had to step out of my shell for a bit. Cuzzo told me put my foot on their throat. Had to let go of some niggas last year. Wish they let my gender out on parole. You get used to bump the warm up by cold. While you get used to warm the house with the stove. Shit, if he made it out of Coming up, loot on the release of his brand new major label record and how it's the most personal collection of songs he's ever made. That's right after this break on Amplifier. October 2021 has been a big moment for you, a big month for you, having released a brand new full-length studio debut through Dreamville. The Mm -hmm. album's titled Gold Mouth. And it's a dynamic record driven by funk and soul inspirations and featuring collaborations with so many talented lyricists and rappers, including Ari Lennox and even Amplifier podcast alum Devin. I'm not an introvert, I really just don't fuck in this. So to myself, nowadays it's really hard to read intentions. Funny how people who act distant say you acting different. Trust me, if I'm with you, I keep it consistent. Oh. Likes a challenge, so for balance, had the rights and wrongs. If it don't bring me peace, then please don't call my phone. Watch your tone. If you want so much, I wish I had a clone. Feeling like Tyrese, what more you want from me? I just want my baby lifestyle. Now, for those who've been listening to your work over the years, they'll remember that this gold mouth alter ego actually made almost his first appearance back in 2019 uh, when you released the chart topping single Under the Sun with Jay Cole, the baby, and Kendrick Lamar. Potato over my gun. I'm moving silence and niggas be clocking my funds. When they should keep eye on they bitch, cause baby girl coming with sun. Niggas be judging my moves, but please tell me what have you done? My cousin at air at the party for fun. Pistol grip, get to squeeze and wish walk in this world like Liam Neeson. I don't even need a reason. Loyalty over treason, bitch. Get to come and see me. Put some respect on my name. When side of my city, I claim. I try to stay at my lane. Took my advance and put a caprice on them fangs. I'm baiting forward to the wheels fall. No second was probably pissed off. Who would thought I made it this far? Gold mouth, bitch, fuck off small. 
But who is Goldmouth? What is this character? Okay, so you ever seen a nutty professor? Goldmouth is to me what Buddy Love is to Professor Clump. So me dealing with my anxiety, Goldmouth is my confidence. And I have this running joke on Instagram where I post pictures of myself and I title it Big Ugly. Or, you know, so Big Ugly is like my low self-esteem. And that's like the truth, you know? Like certain pictures I post, I don't want to post it because I feel like I don't really like it. So I call myself Big Ugly. But Goldmouth is the opposite of that. And that's like when I feel like I'm at my highest confidence. And Goldmouth started um, in Atlanta for the Dreamville sessions. And I remember one time I, I woke up and I just I just started killing songs. Like I did like six songs that night. And um, um, Barry, um, Jizz manager, he called. He gave me the name uh, Goldmouth because I was just in there just doing things that I you know I kind of like knocked down my uh, my social barrier because I'm I'm very I'm very like secluded. I'm very you know introverted and I felt like that night I just bounced up and just you know started working the rooms and knocking these songs out and so I got the title Goldmouth and I just started running with that because I almost took it to mean without that context I was thinking it's just that uh what you spit is like pure gold yeah and people think that it has something to do with my teeth hmm. and I mean yeah it, it it could you know but it hasn't it really has nothing to do with my teeth like Goldmouth is just my confidence level so every time I'm doing things that I see myself doing or doing it very confidently or how I like to say, you know, talking my shit. If I can cuss, I don't know if I can cuss. So yeah, like when I'm talking my shit, I'm gold mouth. And when I just don't have that confidence, I'm big ugly. Like we all have these masks that we, you know, go behind or these things that we do or these, you know, like I have breathe tatted on my on my hand. So I have these like reminders or I have this smiley face tatted on my hand. So when things go wrong, I just know to like, you know, to smile. So we all have these like these reminders. Even the, uh, the question mark on my face is uh, affirmation. So when I see myself in the mirror, I know what that means. So, you know, we all have these masks and affirmations that we that we use for like, you know, our mental health and and our confidence. And that's actually one of the things I wanted to mention about this record, because as you listen through it, one of the strengths is how it balances aspiration with relatability. You not only focus on your drive for success with songs, but you're also transparent about the cost of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, your songs allude to the friends that were lost, the anxiety that was gained over the years, whether it was because of the fame or because of the pressure. I hate I know more about who looking down on me, who proud of me. That reassurance would be nice to know I'm killing things Been going through the motions cause lately I ain't been feeling things Been to myself more, the music always healing things I watch close friends react to me in situations As they get that like they ain't got the patience Whack, now I wonder who really got my back Thinking just don't even check to see where I'm at I really hate this rap shit sometimes Cause true friends are really hard to find On a scale of 1 to 10, anxiety be on 9 Sorry, but not sorry, I just really need some time. Sometimes I make plans and don't show up because I be tired. Then you make assumptions, but that's not the reason why. My communication sucks, but you know that I try. I wanted to know if you could share more about those experiences of working through the anxiety, the uncertainty, the, the doubt. It was hard. It's hard making music. It's hard coming out with a... I created a project while I was dealing with all types of mental health issues. I didn't know how I was going to do that. I didn't know how I was going to finish this album. I didn't think I was going to 
if you talk to a few of my friends, they'll they'll tell you like I at one point I thought this was gonna be my last album. I, I it came to a point where I fell out of love in of music. I didn't I didn't want to do music no more. So it was hard for me to to tap in and go to the studio every day. It was times I'm in the studio and I'm not recording anything. I'm gonna go home and lay down. I ain't gonna do nothing. And that's how I felt like every day. So it was hard pushing through, but I had to come to terms with myself and realize like, this is what I do. Like, this is who I am. And at this point I have to be open about what I'm going through. Cause nobody else knows what I'm going through. Like, again, I'm very introverted. I don't really talk about things. I don't tell people what I'm going through. And I'm like, you know what, that I have to be open about what I'm going through and I have to be vulnerable about what I'm going through. And once I started being more open and more vulnerable in the things that I was writing, everything started to come together. In fact, I didn't even know what I had with Goldmouth until I was done with everything. I remember doing the last song and just giving it, just giving it to my manager pool, like, I'm done. Like, this is all the music that I have. I'm done. I don't want to deal with it no more. Like, I don't want I don't want to hear nothing about album. I don't want to hear nothing about music. This is what I have. I'm out. Right, he and Fonte sequences the album, and he sends it to me like, "I want you to." Um, he sent he put it in a folder, sent it to me, and I didn't. I'm listening to it, and I didn't realize what I had here. I didn't realize that the whole time, I'm literally documenting the things that I'm going through and how I'm feeling. I talked about my cousin getting killed. That was really hard for me. I talked about almost losing my dad. That was really hard for me during quarantine. Um, I talk about losing friends. I talk about my mental state. I talk about everything. Everything that I was dealing with, everything that I was going through, everything that was breaking me down. I talk about not not wanting to do music no more. I talk about falling out of love and music and that, you know, the rap game, I'm I'm not sure if I fit here. I talk about all that. And I felt like me being vulnerable and me being open made me realize that, you know, maybe I can't finish this project because it was really hard for me. I, I've been working on this this album for like two and a half years. And during quarantine, like quarantine messed me up. And that was a, part, a point in time where I had to uh, get a therapist. And I started talking to my therapist and, you know, she made me realize that I'm not also dealing with anxiety. I'm also dealing with depression. And the same way that I was dealing with anxiety, the reason why I'm not tapped in as much as I want to be is because I'm using the same things that I deal with to cope with anxiety with depression. And sometimes that don't work. Even though depression and anxiety are like damn near cousins, it's also like oil and water when you're trying to use the tactics to cope, you know? So... This, this project is literally, this album is literally like my diary for the past two and a half years. Some days I can't explain what I'm feeling. I need space. Some days I need healing. Some days I need love. My anxiety be as high as the ceiling. I just want to breathe. Can't explain what I need. My mind moving fast. I just want to build, but shit never lasts. Is it me or all my shit in my past? Punching air like Trey, but had to take some jabs. Life done left the scab. Got me keeping tabs. Shit won't hold me back because I found peace within. Focus on myself, but still be checking in. Hard to call on certain friends whilst we closing in. Like a bitch, I know I understand. You can.
can call me if you need a hand Like some bitch, I know I understand Even when the light goes dark, I confide in you I tell you that I'm going through some shit And you tell me that you're going through it too I say even when the light goes dark, I confide in you Just tell me it's gonna be okay And I think it's so admirable that you, again, at this point in your career where you could easily do the braggadocious bravado, you know, saying like, I've made it, I've done it, I've toured, uh, what have you all got to see? Because I have it. And I mean, you're basically saying, look, I am normalizing what is the human condition. And I may have a little bit more of a microphone at my disposal to share about it. But it's that's still how, real. That's how it always been for me. Um, sometimes people ask me about pressure a lot. And for me, pressure ain't nothing to me. You know, I've, I've been in so many different like positions and spaces in my life where I don't care about pressure. It's everybody else's um, projections or how they think or who I am that they project on me or themselves. Like, they have this perception of me or whatever. And it's like, no, like, I'm I'm just as human as everybody else. Like, just because I have a blue check or I'm signed to, you know, Dreamville or, you know, I have these different things, it doesn't make me no different from everybody else. People think that once I got these things or get these things that now I'm on a whole nother bracket, whole nother level. Whole, I mean, in some ways, like, I feel like I am. But I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm no more or less than anybody else, you know? I bleed like everybody else bleed, you know? I struggle and grind like everybody else struggle and grind. You know, I still have my struggles too, and I still have my days, or I still, you know, I'm, I don't see myself no different than my friends or the person next to me. You mentioned earlier about... Uh, your dreams, you know, the, the things that you wanted to manifest back in 2012 with with having a record and a music career. How would you say you, you would have defined success and your dreams at that point in time versus right now? At that time? At that time, I thought my success was meeting Cole. You know, like, and that's that's the crazy part. It's like, now being here is it's so crazy how you look at like certain things and being like oh like i made it and you realize like no you got so much further to go you know and now i look at things where i look at my success differently right so i didn't get to graduate high school i didn't get to i didn't graduate from anything i still don't have a high school diploma right so for me i never had anything officially with my name on it other than a bill so when i got the platinum plaque for under the sun I finally have something with my name on it that I can hang up in the crib. So that's how I look at success. That's how I determine success now. Like, you know, it's little things like that. Like, you know, people look at it like, oh, you got a platinum plaque. And they're looking at it as the platinum plaque standpoint. I'm looking at it like, no, I finally got something I can hang on the wall with my name on it. My full name. I can't hang bills up on the wall, you know. <laughs> I look at those things. That's success for me. Ghetto love, and that's what I need. Uh, no ratchet, more better, yeah, that's my speed. The one you can slide on in the hoop deep. That one you know you gon' pass, I'm drinking good weed. Ratchet love, and that's a good call. 
still cash out forty dollars if you don't take card. The ratchet more better than key to my heart. I need a girl that's named after a car, cause I can't afford a Mercedes, but I can go half on a baby and name her Alexis. Baby girl, you're blessing. I want to bring up a little bit about Charlotte because it's been three years since I started this show, Amplifier, and mm-hmm. I've heard a wide range of comments from musicians and music fans alike about what Charlotte music means to them. Some say the city is a cover band city. Some people say that Charlotte's going to be the next big music city. Mm-hmm. As someone who has been heralded as one of Charlotte's definitive artists, so says Charlotte Magazine, mm-hmm. what does Charlotte music mean to you? What are the core components of being a musician, I'm not gonna lie. Like uh, being from here, Charlotte music um, means a lot to me. I don't grow plants or anything, but you know how like you you grow on a flower, or you see people with the bonsai trees and they're like clipping at the trees and grooming it and doing all this other stuff. Like, they're cultivating it. Yeah, yeah, like like the Charlotte music scene, like it definitely cultivated me. Like it's it's me. Like I am it, and it is me. Like or uh, for any other Charlotte artist, I feel like. Where we come from, we embody our environment and our culture. Like, without Charlotte music or the music scene here, it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be a me. It wouldn't be no other um, artists coming out of the city. Like, I feel like we've watched each other grow. And even the older heads, like, you know, like I said uh, previously, like Betty Grind and S-Dub, like, they saw us, we saw them. And without either of us, like, you know, it wouldn't be this. We had to watch y'all to be here, and we are the product of the people that came before us. So I feel like, one, Charlotte's music is a melting pot. We don't sound like everybody else. We don't have a definitive sound, and that's great. Some people like to say Charlotte needs a sound. We don't need a sound because we can tell you about outside of town and so many different genres. We don't have to have a definitive sound. I think that's kind of weird. That's like going to a private school where everybody's wearing the same thing. We don't have to sound the, sound the same and hold hands and sing kumbaya and shit. I think that's weird. Like, I like the fact that we can be individuals. We are individuals. We are who we are, and we come from where we come from, and we don't have to sound like anybody else to to be on a bigger platform. Lute, I know we have people that are listening right now that are like, Lute's at the top of his game in terms of representing Charlotte music. I want to represent Charlotte music and be on a similar platform. What's the advice I can take away from this? You know what? I get so many people that ask me like, hey, man, what, what can I do? Or how can I be this and how can I be that? And my answer every time is, and it's so cliche. It's so cliche, but it's the truth. And it took me a while to um, realize this, but literally be yourself and don't focus on everything else around you. Just focus on what your plan is and what your goal is and continue to do that. Don't get distracted by the things around you. Just focus on yourself and be you. Because the more you realize, you you realize that you really just chasing yourself being grounded with your work. How can I be more engulfed in my work? How can I be more of myself? You're really just chasing the fact that you're trying to be yourself. And how can you get that to a more amplified how can you amplify you being yourself and get that out to the masses? That's all. That's really all it is that you're trying to do. Most people like to say, "Oh yeah, I'm trying to get to the bag." Yeah, you're trying to get to the bag, but you also trying to you trying to show people who you are. You trying to show people what you represent and what you what you about. And the more you tap into yourself, the more you realize that the more relatable you are to everybody else. I, I can't think of a better way to to phrase it than it's amplifying your best self. Yeah. Well, Lute, I I can't thank you enough for amplifying your best self. 
I everywhere try. and also on this Amplifier podcast. It's been a pleasure. Facts. Facts. But it has been a pleasure. And I really appreciate you for having me on here. Like, it's very much so an honor to be on the 100th episode. This is fire. Amplifier. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Look at where I stick the mind in my business. You never walked in my shoes. Who asked your opinion? They'll judge how you get it, but fake oh, I did it. You talk it, I live it. Tables turn, begin jealous, my life at a pivot. Slamming doors down the floor, put the galaxy on sixes. Loot is a Charlotte-based rapper signed to Dreamville Interscope Records. His latest major label release is titled Goldmouth, and it's available on Dreamville.com and wherever fine music is streamed and sold. Amplifier is a production of WFAE. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Deutsch. Our editor is Jennifer Lang. Our theme music is provided by Dirty Art Club. Share your favorite Charlotte music recommendations with me on social media. You can tag and follow me. I'm at a change of tune. Amplifier features a new musical episode every other Thursday. So make sure to subscribe to the Amplifier podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts. And if you're listening on NPR One, make sure to give us a heart or a favorite. Check out the playlist and show notes for today's episode, along with a Charlotte music map and a way for you to submit your music on our website, wfae.org slash amplifier. Until next time, I'm Joni Deutsch. Thanks for listening.